Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. We're going to be covering K-State, Texas, Iowa State, TCU, and Oklahoma State in this episode. I'll be covering K-State. Colin will hit up Texas and Oklahoma State. Kendall will touch on Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And Corey will touch with touch on TCU. I'm going to go ahead and get it started with K-State. K-State finished the, finished the season up last year with a 6-7 and seven record. They only went 3-6 and six in Big 12 play. After the season, there was a lot of speculation that that uh, Coach Schneider was going to retire, but we know he's back. Uh, he's looking to get that program jump-started, re-energized. Uh, this was actually his first losing season since 2005, uh, whenever he he retired from the first his first coaching stint at K-State. Uh, Ron Prince did have a couple losing seasons in 2007 and 2008. Uh, so Coach Schneider has a pretty tough, pretty tough task ahead of him, and he's got to start somewhere. Uh, first place for him to start for me is the offensive side of the ball. They only averaged 334 yards per game last season. It's a pretty small number, especially in the Big 12. Uh, a key returner for them on offense, I think it's going to be a so-called returner, the quarterback Jesse Ertz. I think him going out on that first series last year really really hurt them and really hurt their overall record not just him but the backup quarterback going out you know in the same Alex Delton going out you know that same first game so that that put a damper on their season really quick um Ertz he was named the quarterback last season right now they've got three guys who are competing for that job uh you got Ertz you got Alex Delton like I mentioned and Joe Hubner who was the guy who started most of the games last year for K-State, him and him and Cook, which was wide receiver. Um, who, who, who of those guys do you feel like is going to be the one to, to grab all the reins and, and get the job? I fully expect Ertz to get the job. He won it last year. I mean, he's going to be – I think he's going to be the guy. He's a really athletic guy, a, a pretty good passer, but he's, he's really got good legs on him. He's one of those Snyder-type guys who's a good runner and, and good thrower and – executes really well um a new a, a newcomer on offense this year that i think is going to have a big year uh is juco transfer By- byron pringle he's from butler community college uh he caught 28 passes for them last year for 432 yards and nine touchdowns he's 6'2, 210 pounds so he's a big receiver uh really athletic guy uh so far in camp He's he's getting all kinds of rays from the coaches, teammates, about how athletic he is and his playmaking ability, making the one-handed catches. Uh, so I expect him to have a big year and bring some stability to that receiving position. That would be an uh, easy name to remember, Pringle. Yep. To be able to figure that one out. <laughs> some key losses they had on offense, they actually are losing four of their five uh, starters on the offensive line. Um, the only returner is their center – Dalton Risner, who's a an All Big Twelve candidate, uh, he was named Freshman All American last year in a few 
a few poles, so he did a really solid job for him last year. But what I've been hearing about and reading about is that he's seeing a lot of time at right tackle this year. So it seems he's moved from the center position to right tackle. So you're looking at five guys who are going to have to be learning, you know, new positions and trying to gel. So they've got Stanford right out the gate. So that's going to be a tough, a tough matchup for them trying to get get cohesive before that game. Yes, it definitely will be. As long as they can learn that typical Kansas State, uh, let's block 19 yards downfield while we're passing the ball, then they ought to be all right. Yeah. Uh, to the defensive side of the ball, I think I think they're going to be pretty good on defense. They're returning nine players all with, with some kind of starting experience. Some were starters all year. Some kind of started a few games every now and then. Uh, that also includes – all Big 12 tackle Will Geary and the defensive end Jordan Willis. Willis was their was their big playmaker last year. He's the uh, he'll be the Big 12's returning sack leader now that Ogba's gone. Ogba had 13 last year. Uh, Willis had had 10. So he'll be a he'll be a big big help for them on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, another big part is their linebacking core they're actually returning all their starting linebackers last year so they should be pretty stout at linebacker uh pretty stout on the line the place where they're going to hurt on defense though i think is going to be in the secondary they're losing two of their starting cornerbacks or they lost two of their starting cornerbacks uh but they do return dante barnett who uh who was kind of the leader of the defense last year going into the season but he was also hurt in that first game uh that opening game last year um but he was a senior but he was granted a medical hardship this year so he's back and from everything i'm hearing out in camp he's doing really well so far yeah i remember him last year coming into the season there was a lot of pub about him everybody thought he was really going to be kind of the key to that whole thing yeah uh the guy who i think is going to make the biggest impact for k-state this year is going to be jesse Ertz. that guy uh, if he can stay healthy, he can put up some, some big-time numbers. Maybe not the best thrower in the conference, but he's definitely got some, got some good, good legs on him, and he should be able to extend plays and make, make, some, uh, make some good downfield throws for him this year. Excellent. Um, breakout player. guy that I'm really looking to break out this season uh, is on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a defensive end, Tanner Wood. Last year he had 34 tackles uh, and two sacks. Played in all 13 games, whether he started or just just got some time in all 13 games. This guy is an athletic freak. He's a uh, 6'5", 260 pounds. He was a recruit, a 2013 recruit, one of their top recruits, four-star guy. Uh, he was actually a, in high school, he's most famous for breaking the Kansas record he rushed for 659 yards and nine touchdowns in a single game in, in high school so he's got some athletic ability up there and I think with with the defensive defense of side of the ball returning all their players or most of their players I think that will free him up a little bit to be able to use that athletic ability and get back get back in there and get a quarter get the quarterback and and break up some plays in the backfield yeah, now that you mentioned that record, that rushing record, I do remember that. I, I remember the kid now that you bring that up. But I, that was pretty impressive. I remember when they were talking about that. Yeah, that's so. a feat for anybody, regardless of who you're kind of going against. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. Kansas is, I'm not as familiar with Kansas's level of high school football versus some of the other states in the conference, but 
I mean, that's pretty impressive regardless. Yeah. So, so what, what, are you, what are you thinking with, with Ertz coming back and, and this new new crew? What, what do you think about their, their up the upcoming 2016 season as far as uh, a record? Well, I don't think it's going to make too many K-State fans very happy with my prediction. I, I predict <laughs> them going 5-7 and seven on the year. I, they've got some pretty tough road games. They've got a tough road game at Sanford right out the gate, and then they play some cupcakes in Florida Atlantic and uh, Missouri State, and then they then they go to West Virginia. So it's going to be a tough stretch for them. I mean, they open up Big 12 Conference play with West Virginia, Texas Tech, and OU all at all away games. So Ouch. Ouch. that's not easy. It's, it's going to be tough treading early for them. So... Yeah, and see, I mean, as we've said many times in this conference, so I know it's cliche and a no-brainer, but it has to be said, it's going to come down to the quarterback play. I mean, if they, if they can develop some kind of passing game. I mean, Snyder, as we know, is somewhat of a wizard at running schemes. I mean, that dude can come up with all kinds of ways to block things and, and produce a good run game. If they can find a quarterback that can just complete some passes, they. I mean, I think they'll be all right, but... That's, you know, we'll have to see it. We don't really know much about Ertz. I don't remember anything about him previously, do y'all? I don't think he ever played before that last year, did he? I think last no. year was supposed to be his first season. Okay, yeah, so last year was supposed to be his first season. I believe he was a Gatorade All-American player coming out of high school. So, I mean, he's he's got some talent there. Uh, In the state of Kansas, he was Gatorade player of the year? I don't believe he's from Kansas. Oh, okay. He's from Iowa. Okay. I'd have to look, though. Okay. All right, well, that's, I mean, good luck to Kansas State. That's not going to be an easy uh, track they've got to run there. Okay, and uh, if you guys haven't figured out by now, we've kind of broken this up into uh, where each of us review and give our opinions on the teams, and we'll go in a little bit more of uh, detail afterwards, too, on the schedule and everything. So uh, keeping it in, in theme with that, moving on, now we will go to the uh, always beloved Texas Longhorns. All right, guys. Uh, Texas is coming off a, a 2015 where they went five and seven, four and five in Big 12 play. Of course, their their key wins were against OU and then the uh, miraculous win against Baylor. Baylor was down to their like eight string quarterback. But uh, we're going into year three of the Charlie Strong experiment in Texas. So far, the the results have have not been what they expected when they hired him out of Louisville. An overall record of 11 and 14. They're 99 in Big 12 play with one bowl appearance, which was a loss in the Texas Bowl. Really, just looking at the at his tenure here in Texas, offense has been the big issue, and they they've really hoped to address address that this year with the hiring of Sterling Gilbert, who was the offensive coordinator at Tulsa. He's going to step in and bring a bring an entirely new offense. It's kind of the fast-paced spread offense that most Big 12 schools are used to. Along with the new offense, they also brought in a new quarterback that they're they're hopeful is the answer quarterback that they've been missing since they had Colt McCoy. Shane Buchel is a quarterback, and he, he was pretty well regarded coming in, and it, it really sounds like he's going to be named the starter for the season. Although they really have, as of this point, they haven't named a starter going into the season. It's kind of split between Buchel and and I guess the, the one of the main quarterbacks last year, Tyrone Swoops. My guess is Buchel is the starter, if not to start the season, that he will be at some point in the season with Swoops being the backup and running also the 18-wheeler package, which we're familiar with, uh, Belldozer or, or what the OSU Cowboys ran with J.W. Walsh last year. Are you hearing anything about Buchel in camp? Is he doing 
doing it, well or yeah it sounds like he's he's doing good he's doing everything that they've expected he's accurate and, and consistent which you know that's been one of the knocks with texas quarterbacks recently is they're they're not consistently accurate they they have big arms they can throw most of the routes but they they can't hit the receivers consistently i don't know about hurt i wouldn't say he's well in my opinion he didn't have the biggest arm but well, he, and that's another thing. Hurd is actually they're they're moving him to wide receiver this year. That would be, I mean, dude's a heck of an athlete. Yeah, he's. You, you get absolutely. him in space, he's gonna make you move. He's gonna make you miss. So. Do, do you do you think that uh, Michelle will will be taking over the quarterback position right right off the bat as far as like the Notre Dame game, or do you think they'll hold it back a little bit? What I what I've seen so far is that it's most likely they're going to play both. I if my my gut feeling tells me that they probably start swoops. And it may be just for a couple of series, and they bring Michelle in. He's going to play, and he's going to play a lot. Okay. But I, I would, I would fully expect him. I mean, this is kind of a. That's a lot. Of yeah, in the first game. Well, Strong's on the hot seat. It, it's time yeah. to make a move. They, yeah. they know Swoops had his shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, but I, I think he could survive. Say they lose to Notre Dame, I think he could survive that as long as they got on the path of Michelle, and you could see a clear. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. It's time yeah. to, it's time to bring in. The next guy with the new offense. Let's let's get it rolling right out the gate and, and yeah. see what we have. Um, strengths for the team: they have a really good running game. They're yes. bringing back Chris Warren, and um, I, I'm not good at this name, but I'm I'm saying Dante Foreman. Foreman is out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They they are very good. Last last year, Foreman rushed for 681 yards and five touchdowns. Where Chris Warren, he didn't really get into game action toward till towards the end of the year, but he finished with 470 yards and four touchdowns. So they they should be good running the ball. The question is, can they pass? Are they, are they going to be able to to move the ball when they can't run the ball? Yeah, I mean, keep the Warren came in the Tech game. That's when he kind of everybody right. He absolutely ran through Tech. So did, yeah. the, the the running game, do they think that it'll be able to relieve some of Michelle's? Yes. Kind of give him a little break there. It's nice to have a, a solid running game to kind of lean on when you're breaking in a new quarterback. There's you don't expect too much out of him, and you know the third and threes are a lot a lot more manageable than the third and 11s and and they should have an opportunity to do that i, I fully expect the offense to be a lot better this year how's uh is buchel a, a dual threat guy or is he just a more of a passer it's more of a more of a passer yeah he's got a, he's got a great arm he's not i mean I, don't get me wrong he's a decent athlete i mean he can he can make you miss a little bit but he's definitely Definitely a strong arm. Okay, on on defense, they I, I was looking back at their numbers from last year, and I, and I've always thought that defense has kind of been the strength of the team, and for the most part it has, but that's not necessarily been a good thing because the offense has been so bad that the defense looks a little bit better. But they really struggled against the run last year, and and that's a concern. They did return, you know, they have. Uh, Puna Ford, for one, coming back on the defensive line. They they have a, another upperclassman on defensive line coming back as well, but depth is going to be an issue. They I think they they're bringing in around five five defensive linemen this year that should be able to add some 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 depth. But we'll we'll see how that holds up against the run. Uh, key games for. For Texas, I, I right off the bat, I think Notre Dame's huge for them. Uh, I think that'll that'll be kind of a. I mean, you, you see 
how how they look, how the new offense is coming in now. It's not make or break just based on that first game, but uh, another game that's very intriguing to me is is when they go on the road in Stillwater and play Oklahoma State. You know, how does Michelle hold up if he's a starter at that point? How does he hold up in that the environment of his first Big 12 road game? I think in recent history, the the road team of that game has won most of them. I think it's over like the last seven years. Yes. But will that, you know, will that continue going on? But for the year, I'm picking them to go seven and five. I think they, they do finally get over 500 for Charlie Strong, and I think we're going to see some progression on, on the offense. I think the defense will do well. But I think it, it, it's kind of a turnaround year. It's not going to be great, but they'll definitely be going to a bowl and, and should finish finish this year pretty good. So you think that 7-5 and five would be enough to, to keep Strong locked in for another year? I'm very wishy-washy on that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if 7-5 and five is good enough. I'll tell you my opinion. I don't think 7-5 and five is good enough. I mean, if they can get a big win maybe over in Oklahoma or even that Notre Dame game, I think that that definitely helps or a, or a good showing in a bowl game. But 7-5 and five for – for Texas is not that's kind of more the more the usual they've been going through so I think they've they've had their feel of strong at that point and, and looked to hire somebody else well and, and I agree but I think a lot of it's going to depend on how they get to that seven and five is there a, is there clear improvement on offense you know sometimes it takes more than one year to to fully obviously he's going to have a freshman quarterback running the a new offense so you know, is there clear improvement on the team? If there's noticeable improvement, they may. But like I said, I, I'm not sure that 7-5 is good enough. Uh, to answer your question real quick, Brady, on Shane Bouchelle, uh, Jockstrap here dug up some of his uh, high school stats, give you an idea what kind of quarterback he was. You got those handy? Yeah. Yeah, you can say where he went to high school if you want. Just go ahead and read the stats that he had. He had – his total passing yards was 2,000 and his – Passing touchdowns was 19. Yeah, yeah, everything's got there. Passing yards a game is 185.7. Pass completions is 138. Pass attempts is 213. And he threw four interceptions. So I'm guessing that's probably one season, I'm guessing. That would have to be one season. That's probably one season. If not, that's not exactly impressive. Not what I was expecting to dig up. So. Yeah, if that's his uh, overall high school stats, then Texas is in more trouble than I thought. <laughs> okay, uh, moving along now, we're going to go to Iowa State, and I believe that's Kendall. Yes. Iowa State. Yes, I do. Okay, Cyclone fans, it's your turn. All right, uh, with Iowa State, uh, the, the big news coming up this year is is the new head coach, uh, Matt Campbell. He's coming over from Toledo, where he's been the last four years, and uh, he did a really good job with Toledo. In those four years, he went 35 and 15 and 24 and 8 in the Mid Atlantic Conference. And the last two seasons uh, of uh, 14 and 15, he finished in first place of the Mid Atlantic West. And it seems like he's the right type of fit. He's the guy that get out there and turn over some rocks, find find the guys that fit his his type of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the good thing about his type of football, it kind of fits what Iowa State has going on right now. He's kind of a, a pound it running guy blue collar blue collar get after it uh you know very disciplined on defense very very get after it and so i think he's gonna be a good fit for the iowa state people uh you know on offense this year they they have uh, joe landing's gonna be their starting quarterback uh he, he played in five games last year and what we seen from him last year was that uh he was inconsistent 
he, if he can figure out a way to become more consistent and uh, throw the ball better, uh, I think Iowa State's going to be better off than they were last year. Um, at running back, of course, they, they have Mike Warren, who, who's a redshirt sophomore this year. And last year, he ran for uh, 1,339 yards and five touchdowns and was, uh, was a freshman of the year last year. And so, you know, but that, that's all going to depend on, you know, what happens with the offensive line. Um, and at wide receiver, they have Alan Lazard come back, who's, who's a beast. I mean, that guy is 6'5", 225, and just a heck of an athlete. Very underrated. I mean, people don't talk about him near enough as far as public, you know, real public national news. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as, like, just God-given talent, he might be the best gifted receiver in the Big 12 because the guy is just – he's a freak. I mean, he really is. He's, I, know, he's I can't impressive. argue that. Washington's pretty good, but I think Lazard's more of your NFL – yeah, I think receiver. I think Lazard's a, a real NFL talent for sure. Yeah, I, I think Washington is too as well, but I think Lazard is the better prospect out of the two. Well, there are different types of receivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the question is going to be: Can Lazard get him the ball? Or, uh, uh, landing, excuse me. Can Landing get Lazard the ball on a consistent basis to let him do his thing? Mm-hmm. That that was a struggle uh, last year. He only had 56 catches, but you know he had 800 808 yards and six touchdowns out of those 56 catches. So. Once he gets his hands on the ball, he can he can make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the the major major problem with their offense this year has been uh, offensive line play. They they just lost their their best lineman this uh, last week in camp. He he broke his leg. Uh, oh, their tackle uh, Jake Campos, and so this makes this line very inexperienced. And when I say that, listen to this. They they have to replace 133 career starts on the offensive line from last year. So, I mean, they're basically going into the season at ground zero. That's probably the most inexperienced line, I would think, in the Big 12. Well, to kind of build on that, today I saw a stat that said coming into this year, they were returning 24 starts on the offensive line, and 23 of them went down last week. Yes. Wow. So, basically, they have one start out of that entire group of five. And what what they've decided to do is it looks like they're going to be moving uh, redshirt freshman Julian Good-Jones out to the right tackle spot. Um, he, he seems to be the most familiar with position because uh, Campos was out with a hip surgery during spring, so it gave him a lot of time out there at right tackle to try to learn learn uh, out there at the tackle position. So that seemed like the natural fit to slide over there, but you're talking about a guy that has no experience out there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that offensive line if they can get, get something going because they have, they have talent around them in the skill positions, but you know if you can't block, then you're, you're in trouble. And... Uh, Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the defense coordinator, new defense coordinator, uh, John Hick- Hickok, he has uh, a ton of work to do on defense. Uh, last year they finished 107th nationally in total defense and uh, 111th in pass defense. And we all know in the Big 12 that that spells trouble. I mean, side effect of the conference to some degree, you're always going to never be, you know, top of the, the pile, but still. Yes, when you go to, the, to 111th, that's, that's a big big drop uh, off in in, in, uh, in the defense of there, especially the passing game. So uh, the defensive line, it, it seems to be a little bit older group compared to what most of their groups are. Um, they have they have a, a good nose guard, uh, Desmond, uh, Desmond Tucker. He seems to have a good motor, a good tackler. He'll, he'll get after you. I, I like him up front. I think he has a chance to do some damage up front. Uh, the linebacker core, um, it's probably their deepest spot on the team, um, so it's, it should be a spot where they can start rotating some guys in, uh, which will really help them in the passing game because they get those linebackers to cover people 
out on space and give them some rest uh, in and out of the game, I think it would definitely help them. And then uh, the defensive backs this year, it, it has potential to be a strong group. They have some good young talent, but the question is, how far did they come from last year? They had a lot of kids that were young last year playing some redshirt freshmen and some sophomores. The question is, what, what, how big of a jump do they make from last year to this year? And uh, I think one thing that could really help this defense is is uh, is Coach Campbell's philosophy of, of running the football. If they can run the football and they can get some first downs and eat some clock, it, it'll help relieve some of that pressure uh, in the passing game, give them some rest. But uh, if, if they can't, then it might be another long year on the defensive end of the ball. Um, you know, some of the biggest questions I have for 2016 is, is, of course, number one has to be the offensive line. What 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 are they going to do? How, how well are they going to – how well they're going to block. I mean, with Warren in the backfield, if you can get a hat on a hat and, and get some blocks, then he, he can make something happen. But uh, the question is, are they going to be able to pick up the blocks? And uh, the second question I, main question I have would be Joe Lanning. You know, can he be a more consistent quarterback? Is he going to be able to get the ball to where it needs to be, when it needs to be there? Last year he had flashes of brilliance and then times where he looked like he wasn't really sure what was going on. So we'll have to see how that comes about. And, uh, you know, the other thing is the defense. Can it show improvement? Can the secondary get better? Can they get a pass rush out of the front? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to see how much they grow from beginning of the season to the end of the season. Um, MVP, of course, you'd have to go with, with Mike Warren. I mean, the guy's yeah. – he's a young superstar in the making. Yeah. And he's a big 12 freshman of the year, right? Right. Yeah. And, and with, with the way this offense is set up, it's set up to give him the ball a lot, which yeah. – you know, he's the type of guy. You give him enough, you know, carries. He's going to do some damage to you. you. You just wonder how he'll, how will the offensive line impact him this year? Yes, yeah, that's that's a lot. Of, like I said, you're you're talking only basically one start out of the offensive line to block for him. So, it's it's a big it's a big question mark. Um, what about? If I'm not mistaken, I was thinking I read somewhere that their linebackers were still pretty experienced. Did I? Yeah, that, that's they have pretty good experience. Linebackers. Yeah, so the linebackers are, are doing good this year. They're pretty experienced, and, and the best part about them is is that they seem to be the deepest portion of uh, of the league. You know, it seems to be I mean, of their of their team. It seems to be the deepest position, which will help them in the passing game, obviously. Um, and then if I had to pick a breakout player this year, it'd have to be Lazard. I mean, the guy's too too good of an athlete to not to not have a breakout year. If if they get him the ball, he's going to be amazing. And, you know, he's not a household name now in the Big 12, but I have a feeling after this year people are going to know who the man is. What about um, your uh, – how do you think they're going to end up – I mean, if you looked at their schedule real closely, anything you see that makes you think they're going to be sub-500, plus 500? Well, I, I think there's just so many question marks that you – I think they're on the right path, the right coaching stuff. But as far as this – last year they were at 3-7. and seven. Mm -hmm. This year I see them maybe going 4-8. and eight. Uh, I don't see that much improvement. Um, I just, I just think with their schedule and you playing Iowa, uh, the teams they play on the road, they're, they're, they got a tough schedule. Yeah, and Iowa's probably going to be a loss. I mean, Iowa's people are very, are very much overlooking them in the Big Ten already, and I, I mean, that's a pretty experienced team coming back. Um, the, as far as the coach goes, uh, just my thoughts on him. I, I was totally impressed with the guy. Big Twelve Media Days. Yes. I mean, he was. He's the kind of guy you want in your corner. I mean, he looks like he's going to do a, a heck of a job recruiting there. He's he already is. Yeah, you can already tell what the what the impact he's made on recruiting for this year. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's probably in line right now with probably over the line of 
their best recruiting class to ever come to Iowa State oh, that, yeah. that he's building right now. Definitely, definitely better uh, higher up in the conference right now, too. That, that's probably better than Texas off the top of my head as far as total and everything right now. Texas isn't very built yet in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and, and another thing about him is, to kind of tell you the kind of person he is, you know, when Remember Campos went down with, with a broken leg. He, he went to him the other day and said to him, hey, I need you out here coaching. Come out here and help me coach. You know, he's trying to get him involved and get him, you know, if he can lead from the sideline, if he can lead those young guys at the linemen and tell them what's going on, he feels like that would be a good asset. I thought it was a good a good sign of respect and everything for his, his linemen to, to not just, you know, go to rehab. It's like, get out here and you're still part of this team. Get out here and do something for the team. You can help us. So I thought that was a, a good a good sign of, of what kind of character uh, Coach Campbell has, too. And I love the coach they had before, Paul. Or, Paul Rhodes? Yeah, Paul Rhodes. I mean, he was a heck of a coach. Loved the guy. But this guy definitely gives you that mix of young guy, fiery, can sit down in the living room and record and, mo- and recruit in modern fashion. I mean, just, you know, he definitely seems like he's got it put together. Yeah, and, and we all know it can't be that easy to, to put together a winning program over four years at Toledo. Oh, God. So, no. so I mean, you know, it's not. No. So, obviously, the man knows how to, to find talent in places that are under rocks and stuff. And that's that's what it's going to take at a, a school like Iowa State. It's going to take someone finding the right type of guys that fit his type of system. And he seems like he is the type of guy that they'll be able to do that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, we're going to have to hit up TCU here. And uh, that would be me. Uh, going into as far as big offseason news, uh, Gary Patterson signed a big contract for you fans out there. He's extended through 2020. Uh, he's now been up there 15 seasons. He's uh, got a record of 143 and 47, and which puts him at fifth among active coaches. That's pretty impressive, you know, at TCU. And we all know about his Rose Bowls and stuff like that. Uh, key losses. This team, in my opinion, as far as names, was probably hit harder than anybody in the entire conference. I mean, you, I don't need to go into all of them, but a few of them. Siobhan Boykin, I mean, I know he was the backup. Bram Kohlhausen, who had a tremendous bowl game, bringing them back against Oregon. Uh, Aaron Green, the running back, who just absolutely can make you miss in an elevator. I mean, the dude was nasty. Colby Listenby, one of the fastest guys in the Big 12. And obviously, Josh Doxson, you know, he enough said about what that man could do. On defense, um, so you lost uh, Mike Tuana. Terrell Lathan, those guys were both pretty good. Oh, and not to mention you lost four offensive linemen, four of your starting offensive linemen. So, oh, and just as a side bonus, yeah, and just as a side loss, Jaden Overcrome, who was one of the Big 12's best kickers ever. I mean, period. I mean, the dude left with records. That's a big loss, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's not easy. You know, I mean, no secret field goals are important. Uh, key guys you guys got back were Desmond White and Kawante Turpin. I mean, Turpin, that guy... Yeah, I mean, that dude, that offense is set up so well for him that they changed to now. He is just, he can slash you to pieces over the middle of the field if you like. I saw him live once this year, and he he is the real deal live. That dude is fast. Uh, defensive end, Josh Carraway, who we all know. I mean, you missed some time last year, but that, I mean, he's the real deal too. Aaron Curry, defensive tackle. Those two probably playing together on the same side a lot of times. I would not want to be the offensive line having to defend that side of the field. Um... Cornerback Nick Orr. That's the the big deal is the secondary. Lost some guys there, but I mean Nick Orr is pretty solid. Uh, your key battle, the key battle at camp that obviously everybody is talking about, Foster Sawyer and Kenny Hill. Uh, if you're not familiar with Kenny Hill, some of you may not be. He was the one that 
if you can remember that far back in 2014, was playing against South Carolina for Texas A&M, and in one night made everybody forget about the Johnny Manziel era. And then about two weeks later, had everybody longing for the Johnny Manziel era because <laughs> he was absolutely horrible. Um, he he will uh, he will. Uh, it's kind of looking like he's expected to start. I was I was pretty impressed with Foster. I don't know about y'all. As far I mean, now, now I mean, was he stellar? No, but what I saw, you saw something good for the future. You thought he could, he looked like he could do good. You saw, you saw good leadership. Being like, it seemed like the team rallied around him mm-hmm. good and played, played good with him and behind him. Yep, it, it looked like he had no problem. You know, didn't like, didn't ever look like the moment was too big for him. In my right. opinion, it looked like he handled it all pretty well. Uh, we saw him at the OU game. Uh, was there any other times I can think of? I'm trying to think where he really had a big impact in any other games. That Boykin was out. What about against? No, Boykin played against OSU all the way. Okay, so that game in particular, it looked like he was really in control of the situation, even though things weren't exactly going all that great at the time. Yeah, he did well. I I think the I think the Kenny Hill train has arrived at TCU, and and people want to see what that guy can do. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. he definitely showed flashes at A and M. I don't know what happened between South Carolina and everything else, but. I know that he was in some off-field issues and things like that, but I think if he uh, has his act together and has really put forth the effort, I think he can actually have a big impact for him this year. Yes. I mean, I think – and the good thing about that offense is if, you know, as we've seen so many years in the Big 12, whether it's Tech, whether it's Oklahoma, uh, even West Virginia, OSU at times with the offenses they've had, if you can get these guys to not think so much and just, you know, especially the ones who can't handle it, if they can just see one read and go, or maybe one read and if that's blocked, they maybe have one other one, and that's it. You know, that if you take some of that out of it, they really excel. And I think, and although Kevin Sumlin, who did come from, you know, an Oklahoma tree in Houston and doing some of that offensive stuff, I just think it felt like he had a little bit too much going on for the kid that he wasn't ready for. And... And as we saw with uh, Johnny Manziel, if you couldn't improvise a lot in that offense, you were in trouble. So I, I think you know the the, the two guys down there that took over, uh, their names have left me. Forgive me. The the, the coaches that took over, Gumby and uh, help me out. What's his name from? Meacham. Meacham, yes. Uh, those guys seem to be somewhat of quarterback whispers. I mean, I mean, good lord, who thought Trevon Boykin was going to be? I remember when yes. you played him at TCU that one year. And that was a horrible game. And what was the other one they had? Was it? I think it may have been Oklahoma State was the other one. But anyway, yeah, he looked horrible. And they they just uh, what they did with him was absolutely amazing. So they're they're pretty good at their job. So so that you know it sounded like they've lost a lot of offensive players, a lot of defensive players this this coming year because you're talking about the different names. So are there are there word on campus and through camp of, of who's going to be filling those positions and what what's going to be going on there well i mean you got well obviously you've got the ones that are back that are important but as far as the uh new guys coming in there there's one guy that uh, see here's the issue a lot of the guys that are their stand are what i think are their most talented recruits that are going to be coming back in those kind of seem to be the positions that they're kind of solidified at uh-huh. so they may not be making so much of an impact so it's going to be some of the lesser knowns that you're not really hearing about so much and Gary is not really releasing a whole lot of information. A couple of key guys to watch for, definitely. Um, you know, that defensively, my personal player that I was most impressed with, watching him on tape, looking at his numbers and stuff like that, the defensive tackle, Ross Blaylock. This dude is a man-child. He's 6'4", 325 pounds, freshman. 
four star. He oh. was a top three hundred player. He was wanted by Bama, LSU, A and M, and TCU got him. Uh, another uh, defensively, cornerback Brandon Scott, 6'2", 200 pounds. I mean, he's a good sized player. Defensive end, one that there were several schools after. I mean, uh, Baylor had him first. Oklahoma was after him. TCU went after him late. Uh, defensive end Brandon Bowen from Trophy Club, Texas. He's I would look for him to make an impact just because I know a lot about him from recruiting. He's a very good player. Um, what's the other one? Oh, offensively. Was Bowen a, a Baylor signee and then he transferred over to TCU? Yes, that was the one that he – and he was one of the last ones to get out. He wasn't a part of that first group that transferred out, but he requested for it a little later and they transferred him out of there. Um, also, over uh, uh, Darius Anderson, five foot eleven, hundred ninety-five pounds, and the one that I kind of look to make a big, big impact possibly, Isaiah Graham, four-star wide receiver, six foot one, hundred ninety pounds. He was the number three wide receiver in the state of Louisiana, which is a big get when you go into Louisiana. So, I mean, that's that's some of the ones I look for. Um, you know, as far as how I think they're going to finish, I just don't trust Kenny Hill yet. Um, if I could see a little bit more about him, I would. On a high side, if he does good, I would look for him to go about 9-3. and three. If he's a game manager, uh, you're possibly looking at 8-4, and 7-5, and because they do have some tougher games. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's pretty much it on TCU, and we can look at some of the games like we do some of the other teams here pretty soon. And now uh, we're going to go to Cullen and go on to OSU. All right, guys. OSU is coming off a 2015 season, which they went 10 and three, seven and two in Big 12 play. They they ended the season on a sour note. They they started 10 and 0, and then they ended up losing the last three, and they weren't they weren't really close. So definitely ended up the got to the meat of the schedule. Right. Yeah. It just, and a hurt quarterback on top of that, which yeah, yeah, yeah they hurt it bad. Well, and. Some, some of the same issues that they had last year kind of rolled into this year. O-line and, and running back are big question marks going into the year. They they have changed up, at least word from camp is, they've changed up a couple of the starters on the offensive line, and it seems like the, the running game is going to benefit from that. And, you know, another year of experience for Chris, or for Chris Carson at the uh, D1 level. He should be able to hopefully pick it up a little bit faster. He was a bit of a disappointment last year coming in with all the hype. Yeah, I think he needs to work on. Hopefully, he's worked on his vision this off season. I think, I think he had, a, had a tough time and the and the line as well. But I think his vision wasn't well, very well last year. I, I think part of that was that the game was too fast for him. I think with a year in the system, he, you kind of saw it towards the end of the year. He still wasn't running for a lot of yards, but it he's was consistent. Yeah, it, it definitely got better as the season progressed. And then with another off season, going through the strength and conditioning and just being in the offense for a year, I think we will see improvement out of him. They also brought in Barry J. Sanders this year, which everyone knows is the, the son of former Heisman Trophy winner Barry Sanders from OSU. And while, while the expectations aren't that high for him, they do expect him to come in and, and contribute. Uh, on defense, they do, they're going to be looking to replace the production of Emmanuel Ogba and Jimmy Bean, and that's going to be tough, but they do have a couple of guys on campus. I think they're going to do a good job. They have Jarrell Owens and, and Jordan Brelford. Jarrell Owens, everything you hear from camp is that he has the potential just to be a beast. He can, he can be up to Ogba's 
Ogbis production by the time he leaves. Is that the sophomore kid that's replacing him? Okay, yeah. Yes, he's a sophomore. a lot about him all summer. They were saying that, honestly, there was a couple of coaches, players close to people close to the team that thought they're on a assessment. And what OSU tries to do defensively, he actually might be more effective than Ogbo was before it was all said and done. So Yeah, they say he – his motor doesn't stop. Now, that was a question That's with Ogba last yes, year. Yeah, definitely. It was. Now, cornerbacks uh, are also a concern on defense of mine. They they did lose Kevin Peterson. They're returning to Ashton Lampkin and Ramon Richards. Richards didn't play much last year. And, and Lampkin, you know, he's been really good when he's been able to stay on the field. But health is health has been an issue. He's had a lingering ankle injury that's kind of it's impacted him over the last couple of years. But... Everything we hear is he's 100% in camp. He's playing well and should be able to hopefully lock down that side of the field. You know, that that's important in Big 12 play with all the receivers and, and good quarterback play that we get. Uh, key departures for the team. I listed on defense, Emmanuel Ogba leaving, Jimmy Bean, Kevin Peterson, Ryan Simmons, and Michael Hunter. Mike, Michael Hunter is a big loss, too. Yeah, he provided a lot of quality depth on in quarterback form last year. And on offense, they lost J.W. Walsh, which was huge. He he was great for OSU last year. Yeah, definitely in the red zone. Yes, and um, Jeremy Seaton, cowboy back. Brandon Shepard, uh, a senior wide receiver last year. David Glidden, that, that was a big loss. He was great for them on short third down very, third down conversions. Very underrated guy. He's, yes. You know you can count on him all the time. He's going to be there. It seemed like most of his catches last year were converting a third down when they needed mm-hmm. it. He, he came up big in big spots. Yeah, he was a very, yeah. very timely. Um, on arrivals, they they brought in Justice Hill. He's going to be a freshman running back, and, and they're expecting him to contribute this year, which is it's pretty impressive. He's – a little bit smaller. I think he's around 180 pounds, but he can squat 600 pounds, Man. which he, he should be an explosive back. We're also bringing in Dylan Stoner at, at wide receiver. And from everything we're hearing, it, it sounds like he's probably going to be potentially a starter at inside receiver before the year's out. That guy was a do-it-all player in high school. Like, he, they, the coaches were talking about him. There was nothing he couldn't do. Kick, you know, pass, catch, whatever. So do, does it look like he might be the one that, to fill Gilden's spot? Uh, at the wideout spot in the, in the slot there? Yeah, I think so. And I was actually reading a quote earlier. Mason Rudolph has actually referred to him. He's, he said he sees a lot of glidden in him. Really? Is that he can he can make those timely catches. But it's not even just that. He's not just going to be an inside receiver. I think we can expect to see a lot of the, the plays that they were running with Jalen McCleskey last year with the, the reverses and shifting him into the backfield and having him even run the ball a little bit. He was the former quarterback, right, in high school? No. He – he was primarily receiver, oh, okay. but he did he did everything. He probably yeah. threw for a touchdown. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He did a little bit of everything. I was thinking I remember seeing. I think it may have been the state playoff, so I think I remember seeing something about him doing that. Okay, and as far as uh, key players for the team, of course, we're going to start with uh, Mason Rudolph, the junior quarterback. He's he, he threw for almost four thousand yards last year. You're starting to see him mentioned on, on some of the NFL prospects. I mean. Potentially, if he, depending on the kind of year he has, he could be going to the NFL this year. Uh, running back, I, I really expect Chris Carson to take a step forward. I don't, I don't know about is he going to be in the top five in rushing in Big 12. I don't know. That may be not be realistic with how many running backs they're going to use, yeah. but I, I do think he's going to be have a better year this year. Do you and think? I, uh, do you think Carson's the guy for OSU this year? Do you think I he's do. The main back, or I think one he's of the a, other guys. I think he starts a season as the as the starter. That may not, 
you know, that may not stay the same throughout the season. I, I think we may see kind of let, – let's ride the hot bag. Who's who's doing the best? You know, if, if, say, Justice Hill comes in and starts – breaks off a couple of long runs, they may ride him while he's hot. Or Rennie Childs or – I I could be wrong. This is just my opinion. That's how I see it, and there's a good chance I am wrong. But in my opinion, if Barry Sanders doesn't win that running back job, that doesn't speak well for the season. I think, I mean, just knowing what I knew about his recruiting, we saw him play, you know, for years around here. The, you know, what he did at Stanford a little bit before he couldn't win the job, obviously, because that dude is incredible, uh, McCaffrey. But um, just in my opinion, I think he's, just from what I've seen of him, he's more gifted than what you what Oklahoma State had in that backfield. And if he doesn't win that, that job, to me, that doesn't speak well for the year. But I guess we'll see. I think that – I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, but I don't know that any running back is going to get the carries needed to really say that, oh, he's the he's the guy. Maybe not, you know, 70% of them, but you'll have – it'll be a clear, talent, more talented guy, I would think. And I would think if that's not him where you see him making the most – I, I expect him to make the most impact, put it that way. If he doesn't, then I don't think that speaks well for the whole situation for the season. What I expect, I, I expect Carson to to start off as the lead back. I think Sanders – I think Sanders – yeah. First, first, second down back and Sanders being a third third down guy. He's taking hands. Yeah, I think yeah, so. But, that's what I'm saying. You can come out of the backfield. There's so many things you can do. I think Sanders is going to be your, your second back, your RB2. And I really think that – Justice Hill is going to see a lot of playing time too, and, that, and one of the one of the things that we're forgetting is you also have Carr, the the freshman yeah, last year that yeah. was that was a little the the scat back, yeah, and so he's going to have to see. How's he doing this he's year? doing good. He's actually put on I think they said about fifteen pounds, fifteen to like twenty pounds. pounds. He was one hundred and sixty five pounds, yeah. I believe, coming in last year. So he was like he he went down on first contact a lot last year, yeah. but he's he's really put in the work this year. He's put on some weight and. I think he'll be good. There's just so many running backs that are going to get shot. So, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll know any- should. Right. Should. And I, yes. I don't think we'll know anything until, you know, after the Pittsburgh game as far as what, how it's really going to shake out. That's game three? Yeah. I think we'll start seeing a little bit more during that game. I don't – up until then, I think they're going to try everybody. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna try to find someone who can be that guy. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Not necessarily a bad problem to have that many backs. Just figuring out who's really going to matter. No, and as far as uh, predicted win loss this year, I have I, I'm picking them to go ten and two. I, I think they'll probably lose to uh, potentially Baylor or or Texas. You know, you do have the the Texas game. I think you know the last seven years the away team has won, which it's mm-hmm. it's in Stillwater this year, so. That could go, and, and I, I think Baylor's going to be really good, too. I, I think this isn't the year that the the losses start to impact them. I think they're still a very talented football team. Now will the, you know, will the calls, the plays, I don't I don't know how that will work out. But also have them losing to OU. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's a tough game for OSU always, and with it being in Norman, I don't – I mean, it, it's usually it's, – it takes a miracle finish to, to win in Norman if you're OSU, so. Yeah, that game, I mean, that series, with the exception of last year in 2011, off the top of my head, has just been – those two teams have gone to war every single time they played, and it usually turns out to be pretty close. Right, and and I expect that to be the case this year. I do think, I mean, OSU's going to have a good team, and they could realistically, they, I, I think they will be a better team than they were last year. And I don't, they may not finish with as good a record. I have them ten and two. I can see them just easily going seven and five. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so the, I know the offensive line's been a question. Have you heard anything out of camp as far as them uh, as a as uh, getting better on the offensive line? Are there some good signs there? Yeah, I think they, they returned all of the starters from last year, so you do have that additional year of experience. They also they brought in a recruit. They actually picked up a recruit. His name was Marcus Keys. They signed him, or they picked him up on signing day last year. He redshirted last season and, and spent it, obviously, in the weight room. And he was projected to be backup left tackle this season, but they've moved him to, to left guard during fall camp. And they've said just since they've made that change, there's been a noticeable difference on the offensive line. Everybody's playing better. The run game's picked up a bit. They also moved uh, Michael Wilson to, to center. Now, I think he's going to start off the year backing up Lundblade, the, the returning starter. And then you also you have Larry Williams, the incoming, he was a JUCO recruit, and I think we may end up seeing him start at right guard. I don't know if it will be by the time the season starts, but I, there's going to be some turnover, which is good because there's definitely competition, and I think competition is what they need. Any, right. any impact on linebacker? I know it's something we've talked about. Any, we expect anybody to be really good at linebacker this year? Well, you have Jordan Burton coming back who – he, he could potentially be all-conference. He's he's that good. He, he's going to be an NFL guy. Uh, Chad Widener, he was a guy that stepped in when Ryan Simmons went down last year, and he had a he had a great year. Outside of that, I, I think, I mean, they're going to be solid, not great. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of what we're normal to. There's not going to be anybody that just stands out. No, I think, you know, like I said, Burton, Burton will be solid. I think the secondary, really, I know it's something we've talked about off-air, but something the secondary – I mean, I think they're going to be really good. I mean, they got really good. Well, yeah, they have the. You're looking at two of the best, probably five or seven safeties in the entire conference. So I mean, that that's really going to help. And Lankton, I think, I mean, he's just a warrior, man. We'll go to battle with anybody. So. Anything? Oh, moving on to uh, schedule. Anybody want to talk anything real quick about any key games they think are important? Could really turn the conference on its head. Non-conference. Any. Anything of these five teams, obviously. I like the OSU-Texas game. I think it's a it's a good measuring stick for both teams. I think for Texas' standpoint, that's your first conference road game with a new quarterback and a new offense. How does it play in the Big 12 on the road? How, how does it just play in the Big 12 in general? Mm-hmm. OSU, can you, can you still step up and can you beat Texas? This is going to be a resurgent Texas team. Find out. You know, can OSU stay up with the big boys? And that's that's kind of a good tell sign for OSU too, is how they do on the road. If they're if they're doing well on the road, they're usually going to be a pretty good team. They they but, protect home pretty well. I think a game that could impact uh, K State and Iowa State one um, <coughs> is the K State at Iowa State game. I believe that game for Iowa State is their homecoming week. Yes. So I mean, for either one of them, that could make or break their season on whether or not they they make it to a bowl game mm-hmm. so i mean that that to me is a pretty big game for those two programs uh what i see that's pretty big as far especially from a national view standpoint i'm not as high on tcu as a lot of people are nationally throwing them into second place in fact if you really sit me down and ask me right now i'd probably put oklahoma state over tcu just because of what they're capable of doing points wise versus tcu has a lot of offensive questions but that being said, a, a really big game is obviously the TCU Oklahoma game. I mean, that, that game is October 1st. You're going to, the conference could look a lot different after that as far as what people's expectations of either team could be. If one gets absolutely blown out or, you know, whatever, I, I think that's a key one. Yeah, I, and 
going back to the Texas Longhorns, I think that Notre Dame game is a, is a big game out of, out of the out of the gate to kind of see kind of how the, how that freshman quarterback is going to you know react in in you know Michelle High is going to react in a in a big game setting right off the bat. I mean, if, if the kid were to go out and and really and really uh, play well, I think it's a good sign for the for the rest of the season. It, it's a very interesting game to me. Tough game, but an interesting game. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so too. And I mean, our conference. I know if I know my Big 12 fellow fans well enough, I know you guys hate the SEC and are sick of hearing about them as much as I am. So anytime we get a chance to play them, you know, you know, I know we don't consider necessarily rally around the conference like they do because I get sick of hearing them. But uh, that Arkansas and TCU game, I, that's I mean, anytime we got a shot to go after the SEC, I, I'm right there behind them. Hope you take their head off. Like Oklahoma State in the bowl game last year with uh, Ole Miss, for instance. That that game, I mean, I was right there pulling for him all the way. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way we hoped. But Brady, you got any other big games you you think are important to the year? Um, nothing really. I mean, <clears throat> I think you guys have covered pretty much all of them that I see. I know, I know, uh, and just in general, any game with Baylor, I'm curious to see what happens with them. I. I you know, I know they're going to come up in the next podcast. We talked about with the other set of teams, but just off the top of my head, they uh, that team could, you know, easily I could see them going 11-1 and one or 4-8, and eight, you know, real easily. So, yes. any game involving them. So, is that pretty much it? Everybody got, everybody got everything in? They want to get in on this one? Okay. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, this will get better as we go, I promise. Trust me when I say we were 100% new to this. But uh, also trust that we are doing everything humanly possible to learn and get better at this. And we are just as big of fans as, of this conference as you guys are. And uh, if it does become something other than the Big 12, we'll go down that road when it happens. And uh, be sure to follow us at Big 12 Country, B-I-G-X-I-I Country on Twitter. Uh, Brady, you got the Gmail account address? It's the same. You can email us any questions you guys want us to cover. It's uh, bigxiicountry at gmail.com. Yes, and you can, uh, I mean, if you really look hard enough, you can probably find us around on Twitter, too. Um, I'm not. I'm going to force you to try to do that, but if, if you look hard enough, we're out there. So uh, be, feel free to send us any information, any topics for the show. We'll definitely listen to them. I mean, we, we like ideas. Anything you want to talk about? Maybe you feel like we're not doing a good enough job covering in the future. Throw that up there, too. I mean, we got six in. We can take it. So, anyway, thanks for joining us again, guys. You'll hear from us pretty soon. Thanks.